0: Hello everybody, so this is completely impromptu, impromptu. Let me and my beautiful <laughs> love right here, we decided that today is marked as the 11th, the day of the 11 year mark of Joe Rogan's podcast when it started streaming, well, and I wanted to do it for a while, and I uh, figured that's that, that seems like a good mark. Now, I'm not really sure what I'm going to talk about, but... I uh, think this should be fun, or a fun experiment, so I'm going to have a little chat, and I'm going to carry it into uh, Christmas itself, which is very fitting. It's a very magical time, and uh, we, uh, we just had a, a couple of very long days, uh, and to move uh, from one state to another, so it's a little exhausting, so we're a little delirious, but this should be fun. Uh, so we'll see what comes out of it. Might be a complete flop. Might be something. Who knows, right? So uh, I'm Danny. This is Kelsey. And what do we want to talk about? I have no idea. Do you have any suggestions, babe? I think
1: you're asking the camera. I'm like, no,
0: you're not live, right? I'm talking to you. Do you... <laughs> I
1: know.
0: now. What do you mean I'm not live? We're <laughs> filming. Do you have any ideas, guys? <laughs> I'm looking at you into the camera. Oh, I wasn't. Looking oh, I didn't at you. realize you're gonna be a dick about it. Okay, whatever. Let's see. Yeah, that's my sidekick, and that geez <laughs> kicks me in the side all the time. It's perfect.
1: And what should we talk about? I
0: don't know. We can warm up with whatever.
1: We should.
0: Talk about Look, the tree, the tree of the connection of life. That's what we got. That's why I, I got her for Christmas. Because uh, we're disgusting and we're connected from past lives and shit like that. So, um, those are the stones that connect people from past lives. Or so the sticker said. So, <laughs> I'm assuming that's true. Why would they lie about that? Pretty sure you can sue multi um, dimensionally the bike, baby. <laughs> you gotta be careful around the mic.
1: I have no mic awareness.
0: Oh, yeah. She has no uh, headphones. (laughs) She
1: ripped my hair out.
0: That's what I do. (laughs) Or mic awareness. Yeah, this is just going to be like this the whole time. So you guys can puke. (laughs) So fucking amazing. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) I I, I wasn't even looking at the camera. I would gag.
0: Oh, yeah. There you go. So maybe... Is that the video we're doing? You gagging? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, this is PG-13. Um, <laughs> PG
1: PG-13? What do you want your
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, thirteen like, yeah, it's very... So, yeah, but uh, clearly we're very, very experienced oh, by doing this like that. Come on, come on with the subject, something, come on, well, look okay. alive. Why am I the guy? Um, you're, n- you're not the guy. I'm thinking,
1: like the guy who
0: comes up with... Well, we're looking just, just, um, yeah, you yeah. uh, know. What about... Okay, you're talking about trees. Trees, Which, Yeah.
1: That arise just make they're coming from a tree formation,
0: like as you get more. You mean you mean you mean things in general?
1: Yeah, things in
0: general. Wow, you went deep real fast. Okay, I like that. So
1: like even like those hypergraphs and
0: wait wait wait. So you gotta like or you know people are not you know like conversations we're having. So we have to know, like. So what hypergraphs? Um, yeah, you would be the guy to explain hypergraphs. But if you bring up a subject, you should consider there's an audience of nobody right now. <laughs> but but you should take that nobody no, 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 seriously. No, but you're gonna give a better explanation. But sure, but like no, but don't just pitch me things to talk about. I actually want to have a genuine conversation. Come on.
1: You asked me what.
0: <laughs> okay, but but you okay fine. So you want to talk about hypergraphs? What what are we saying no, about not hypergraphs? Specifically hypergraphs. Okay. So you're saying that you want to talk about... Wh- but why did you... Oh, so you just kind of segued from the tree to things arising? Yeah. Okay. Well, so what are we saying about things that arise? Hello, Simba. Hello to Simba. This is my friend Vika's cat. It's beautiful. It's saying hello. klish me. Go do things. Oppa. Bye. Bye. Poor Mike. I'm sure it's like... Um, so so so, what are we specifically talking about? Things that arise, like what's the? Um, so I was talking about how it seems interesting that. Uh now, given we only have one mic, so I mean, you wanna at least raise your <laughs> voice a little. bit Come on, come on, make an effort. Okay. You got this. Okay, good. It's gonna be about punching. We 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 can we can go until another ten minutes, but come on.
1: Like how um, it seems to be the case that like no matter what discipline or type of um, specific thing you're talking about arising, whether it be like. Uh, more specific information patterns or more biodiverse organisms or just smaller branches of a tree that, like, make fruit. Maybe it seems to arise from, like, that node property, like, from one thing. Or so simple rules that
0: simple uh, extrapolate that into area. something a little more complex. Okay.
1: And even also uh when we were studying machine learning. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how... They <laughs> that's how they uh, come up with their rules that the machine learns by and improves with.
0: So simple rules that somehow extrapolate to complicated systems and that seems to be in the core of what nature does, not necessarily in the core of whatever humans build kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah. Okay. And I, well, I think a lot of things that humans build just emulate what nature does. Right. Which speaks to your property.
0: But I, but I guess a lot of people confuse that with, like, we have this assumption that only things that humans make have, like, in plan, have the capability of, like, developing into more complex systems. Versus it seems that everything in nature, if you take simple rules, like, for example, in the game of life with the little squares, if you don't, lo- don't know about it, look it up, game of life. Uh, Conway, I believe, was a mathematician that came up with that game, and he resented his whole life because uh, he, he was known for that. But really, he did a lot of other things that he wanted to be known for. He, I think, I actually think the Corona claimed him, which is very sad. Really? But yeah, but his first name
1: was Stephen,
0: right? Stephen, I don't remember what his first name was, but Conway for sure it might be Stephen Conway. I'm not I don't remember. Look it up. But Game of Life. So essentially, it's a very simple mathematical experiment in which if you if you set up basic conditions for squares on a on um on a grid uh i don't remember the exact rules but there's like three or four of them and like something along the lines of if if if, if one is has three neighbors then one dies uh, from overpopulation if one has two fr- uh, one friend that it lives uh, two friends uh two friends then it creates another friend two friends, uh, it survives. I don't exactly remember. I think one friend, it, it becomes alive, something. So there's like three or four basic rules that you can very easily look it up. Clearly, I didn't prepare for this. Uh, and what's interesting is that if you run those simulations, it creates those very intricate, well, some, some initial conditions create those very intricate worlds in which things interact and grow and... Uh, And move and and shoot things. It's really strange. And uh, if you look into um, uh, Stephen Stephen Wolfram's work, so I guess it's the world of Stephen's, there's uh, his latest uh, hypergraph theory that seems to be gaining more and more momentum that deals with um, computational models that are created also from basic fundamental rules and then he found one rule or a, f- a set of rules that creates essentially if you run it forward you you not only hit a universe but everything that we can see uh even in uh, in very deep mathematical theory so einstein's equa- uh, field equations come up um uh string theory comes up uh, and it just kind of arises from those models so it seems that he's at least somewhere on the money, uh, and I guess what's interesting, because we, we spoke about this ad nauseum, but I guess what's interesting to me about all that is that how those simple rules somehow are in the core of nature and not something that we have to set up as initial conditions. So it's almost like even, even the most intricate things we do seem to eventually point to, well, it only kind of speaks to us. It kind of, we're the bridge by which it's being manifested into the world or instantiated in the world. But really, it's those simple conditions and rules that are the ones that actually give rise to all this intricacy. Um, But do you have like a, I guess, that is super interesting, but do you have like any like real like point about it? Or this is something you just wanted to kind of... You wanted to get the ball rolling about it, which is fine.
1: No, I was just kind of. You were like, "What should we talk about?" And that was my first idea, and then.
0: Thanks for bringing us way back. That was a good times. <laughs> I remember it was like when we just started the podcast. Remember? <laughs> it was wow.
1: So much, so
0: much happened. So much water under the bridge. <laughs> it's been like fifteen minutes. I,
1: I know. Um, times. What change. is the what? What is Wolfram's... friends? Uh, not moving us into anywhere but i i don't know we're not doing necessarily trying to move anywhere <laughs> yeah um what is wolfram's like area is he a quantum physicist or he's uh he's a
0: physicist computer? well no he was also in technology uh a big chunk of his life he's uh all-around scientist hmm. and uh well, he's a co area. is a well he's also he's is also, he's also a compu- i mean he's a he's computer a code well, computer scientist is the code writer, so he's the you know he builds code, so, gotcha. so he's but that's like in a lot of different like, yeah processes. and one of and one of the more interesting insights I guess that he had, which I heard him speak about, at least to me they were the one that really stood out um is that the way that he sees it at the moment is we're about to enter another revolution, and people have been throwing that word around a lot you know uh, things are changing things are uh, uh, people that speak the astrological language uh, clearly talk about that but then again when are we not entering some age right Um, and uh, but to make it simple very clearly something is happening I don't know what it is something very big and interesting is is kind of unfolding and we can all sense it to some extent Um, Wolfram's take, not on that in particular, but I guess it fits the times, but the thing that he outlines is that we're entering a stage in which we start to understand that if we really want to understand the world, the real laws of nature, we're, he equates it to the time in which we realize that certain things cannot be expressed without mathematics, for example. So, back in the day, you could express things in natural, um, uh, philosophy, and uh, you could just talk about things that, logically, which would be in the language that you spoke at the time. And yeah. at a certain... What? Yeah, like, what are your Oh, just like, like before mathematics, people... Oh,
1: before math existed, you
0: mean? Yeah, or before, before calculus existed, like certain mathematical tools, yeah. right? So it was not clear that not everything can be expressed oh, with well, language, okay. yeah, right? So, in the same sense when when calculus was invented algebra and other mathematical tools we realized that well certain things we slowly started to realize that certain things cannot be expressed in any other form but through mathematics and that's because there's certain intricacies of functionalities of the world that can only be expressed the deeper meaning of what they really mean those interactions can only be expressed and revealed to somebody who speaks the language of mathematics so what Wolfram is saying is that now we're entering a similar stage in which we're gonna about to realize that in order to really understand the world, we're actually going to have to start understanding the computational language. Right. And not just knowing how to code something, but to really understand in a, on a deep level what computation is, just like, you know, when you dive into the world of mathematics you slowly start realizing what math is, and it's an infinite uh, discovery journey. So that's the thing. So that's a really good question. Um, computation is that—that's what I mean. But and I'm sure, or to the degree that I understand him to say, I think that's what he means. Is that you really have to start diving deeper and deeper, and you're going to start understanding what computation really is. Just like with everything else that is complicated, you can't just so you're slap no a like sticker. Definition that would there is a definition, and I'm sure there's one in the not dictionary. Not that would embody exactly what you I, the real deeper, I guess if I would have to, you know, instead of dancing around it, if I would have to encapsulate that in a few, in a few sentences is, uh, Simba is exploring the world right now. There's a very fascinating bag that he discovered that he needs to...
1: He's folding it.
0: He's folding it. He's a very organized cat. Um, so <laughs> he's literally folding it. It's really hilarious. Um... There's nothing like a cat that decided to tidy up <laughs> midnight
1: mid, impromptu podcast at yeah. midnight.
0: There you go. It's like this this corner of the world seems to be unorganized. Oh, I mean, and and now I'm gonna bite it. The
1: bag. Okay. Yeah. where are you bringing the bag?
0: Okay. Whatever. So, anyways, um, if I would have to encapsulate what I think he means by what we were gonna have to understand what we're going to have to speak the language of computation to understand the world, is that the world might be computational. Okay. So it might actually, well, but that's, it's, that's not, so either you understand this, which is possible. I'm not saying it's like in a, you know, in a negative uh, vein. It's possible that you understand something very deeply and intrinsically that makes you just gloss over this and just no, no, go, I'm okay. Not, I'm not glossing over it. Uh, I just going to track back. Okay.
1: Because I thought you were going to define what you mean by
0: computation. Yes. Okay. So, but um, this is part of it, I guess. So, what I'm saying is that the reason that we might need to to understand things computationally is because the world might be computational, and therefore you will never understand, reach even close to truly understand it unless you kind of embody the understanding of what computation is. And um, it's just like, even though I can tell you that... The, <laughs> it just has to make noise. If, if, you, if, you, if I can tell you, that like, well, you know, ma- what is mathematics? Well, it's a language to describe relationships between things in the world in a more and more accurate yeah, way, and the, do but really, know. if you do, like, you go deep into mathematics, then, then you work. start realizing, oh, wait, this is so much more, there's, like, you know, there's certain nuances you right. simply can only truly understand is when you start, like, <laughs> grasping the, the, the concept from, from a functional perspective. Mm-hmm. So, I think the computation. if the world is computational, and this was part of my answer, I guess, there's a lot that it means about the world. It's not just to say, well, it's computational. Well, what does that mean? Well, one thing it means is that the property of computing things is intrinsic in the fabric of reality itself. Now, that's not a given.
1: So, what I'm asking is like even more basic than that. I'm saying... When you say the word computation, mm-hmm. do you mean taking
0: in... Transfer of information, information and storing of information, processing information. Uh, we can look up, uh, I guess, the... Um, no, no,
1: no. I don't need a dictionary definition.
0: Yeah, so... What you refer to... When, when I refer... To, it, well, when I, for me, computation... So I don't know if that's what Wolfram means by that, but for me, computation is essentially uh, the, the process... By which information transforms, moves, interacts, and influences things in the world. Okay. In all forms, in all shapes, which seems to me seems to be that information is fundamental. But you know, this is a, absolutely an open debate, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that. Um, I mean, I think that there's, there's, there's. A lot of doors that open to very deep understandings also about ourselves as creatures in this world and what it means to be conscious because it's a form of computation but then when we look at it through that lens we start realizing wait a second so if this is actually fundamental that means that consciousness is fundamental but it's not fundamental in the same way that that people that think that consciousness just arises from from uh, you know no no arises from the fabric of space It's not quite the same way, right? So, because we're we're getting specific. We're getting specific as to what is the exact mechanism by which computation gives rise to consciousness and things like that. Um, And then it opens up the window (laughs) to talk about uh, our place in the world and what the world is. And... um, well, okay, so let me just bring it back a little bit because, you know, it's, it's not, the reason that it stood out to me, that that is a thing that stands out to Wolfram, because first of all, there's not a lot of thoughts or ideas that when you hear them, it really kind of makes you pause and like, wait, I really never thought about that. That's interesting because it, what it means is, is that in order to truly perceive a section of the world, you have to be able to not only speak, but embody a certain language. And I think a good analogy to that is when you go to a new country and you're trying to learn a new language, let's, let's say you, you go to France or, or uh, Italy or somewhere, right? And then you decide to stay for a few months and you want to learn the language that way, which is the best way to learn. Why? Because you, you, you immerse yourself in not just the spoken word, but in the mannerisms, in the culture, in the way that people do things, which is an integral part of the language itself. You do not sp- you're getting
1: the different, co- you're getting cont-
0: Exactly. And, and you, you do not speak the language if you just know how to say things. You start truly speaking the language when you start embodying the behavior that the language evokes in, 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 in a person. And that means, and by the way, so, you know, you, you would start seeing certain cultural norms. Like, let's say you walk into a room and, uh, There's a certain, you know, there's a certain faux pas you were a part of or whatever it is that happened. That kind of, people looked at you funny and you didn't realize why. A month goes by and then you start speaking the language a little deeper and understanding some of the nuances of behavior. And all of a sudden, you look back and you say, oh, wait a second. That, That was crazy. Like, I looked like a fool. Well, you couldn't see that part of the world. You couldn't see that part of interaction in that moment. Because you did not speak a certain section of the language. You did not embody that. And that's true across the board. And if that's true, then, and Wolfram is on the money, that means that we all sh- need to truly understand and do some computation to s- a certain degree so we can start understanding or seeing certain sections of the world. Imagine that there's literally interactions right in front of you. I don't want to get like too airy-fairy, but... Y- there's certain interactions of the world with itself and with you that you simply are completely blind to because you don't speak, you don't embody a certain section of the language that the world requires you to speak in order for you to see those nuances. That's why why that that part really stands out to me. I think there's a little bit
1: of that uh, learning how to speak that section of the language or learning how to immerse yourself into it or uh, understand it truly. But then, um, I guess a prerequisite of understanding it truly is something that we're not so great at, which is, or great at in teaching right now, or, uh, great at in teaching right now or, or placing importance on is learning things in a general capacity. So like generalizing skills to like different areas of study like i think we talk about this a lot it's like um study of botany isn't isolated to botany whatever you learn there is also applied to everything because what formed those structures or what uh, systems you're learning about doesn't just exist in isolation it's like physical properties the way it interacts with other things um, at the root probably math, right? And uh, the way that we teach or like tend to think about things is like by putting them in boxes in isolation and probably why Wolfram is so on the money is that he's a generalist and a generalist in science and kind of has his hands in different parts of understanding.
0: So you're saying that in order to see certain sections of reality, we, we have to have a lead, like somebody have to, to lead the way, somebody who is a real... Not um, even
1: somebody to lead the way, just I think we need to change the way that we think about things in general or learn about them, learn about different concepts because you can't, you can't see like like you're losing the force for the tree. You're like looking in so zoomed in um, a window that you can't see how things relate and like Relation creates meaning for things.
0: So, how, how would, do you think we should go about start doing that? Because I guess the reason that it is that way is, is because so that
1: people can make actual progress and specialize in.
0: in specialize, but and also it feels like it's a it's a it's an yeah it's basically like an attention span problem. Yeah, there's so much you can there's pay so attention to on a certain and level, and right? there's
1: so much you can actually make headway on. Um, as far like, for example, like my. Uh, Well, I used to work in the lab and uh, a genetics lab. And the things that you study are so specific as to almost not matter. But you have to pick a thing that's actually testable to make any headway. um, or, Or like actual discovery discoveries and not just be essentially like a philosopher.
0: So somebody that can see... So, so 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 no, no. so that can somebody can see that you made progress okay
1: no to actually make progress so if you just say like um i want to figure out how i'm using plants because that's my like research background but um i want to see how to make this plant hardier in like rough winters or something you're not going to be able to figure that out by just like looking at all the plants and like positing what it could be you have to like break it down and look at the genome and say, like, I think this gene might have something to do with it. Let's knock it out and then test it and like do a bunch of. So doesn't
0: that fly in the face of what you said a second ago? So
1: that's what I'm saying is that it's that's so specific as to not as to almost not matter. But it's like necessary to make the actual discovery. But I'm saying that that seems to be the way that we teach Everything. I think there needs to be a mixture. Like, so there do need to be specialists, right? But it seems like even, like in the general educational system, um, we separate the, the disciplines, and and don't even talk about how they relate to each other. So you can start making connections. Um, so, like, yes, there is a reason why you do research that way to make headway. But then, what does that mean? What does it transfer to? How can we connect it? How can we like have uh, interdisciplinary discussions more so, so that you're saying so op- that it open
0: op- open up the the way that education is done to some degree of open source exploration even if you specialize in something um, and and just basically inculcate that in the way that curriculum is being structured in schools from the yeah. get-go
1: and yeah and I bring up Academia, because that's mainly where our newer discoveries come from it's all of them. our researches uh our genuses are based in academia right but uh you think so? Well, no, like not all the smart people, but I'm saying like all of the discoveries that come out of the world right now are like you know
0: it's the only places where it's available right that's that's what I'm saying like the so tools are there.
1: what I'm saying so that's why I bring up academia not necessarily talk about the educational system specifically but
0: but but what I mean I guess let me clarify so I guess I'm asking do you think that we should change I mean academia people in academia came uh, through steps of education right Mm -hmm. so what I mean by education is I mean across the board so so essentially like also even before even before you go to grad school you're saying there should be like already hints of thinking like that. And especially when you go to grad school, even though you, you, you're going through this like much more tedious and uh, specific path, you should still have this kind of um, not just open-minded attitude, but also open-minded tools, so to speak. That we should develop that maybe will incorporate the new uh, yes. open sources that we have and the way that they're integrated. But isn't that already happening?
1: So, yes. But what I'm saying is that the people who are in charge or or the, the general push, I think, should be why does it matter and how do we make connections to have those conversations? Because to me, it seems like the way that things have to be segmented To make discoveries have, like, it's just, like, spilled over into this, like, hyper-categorization, almost. To where, like, everyone has their specific vocabulary, again, which is necessary to, like, know exactly what you're talking about in that realm. But So from all the trees, we can't see a forest? Yeah, so you use that in your literature, and then now you can't talk... To, like now the, now the uh, plant cell biologist can't have a conversation with like the quantum physicist because they're not talking the same language, but they're talking about the same fundamental ideas, and this one might make a discovery that matters here. Uh, so you're saying that or it's or almost
0: like they become different species of knowledge. Yeah, that and they can't they, mate with each other and anymore. And they
1: also classify themselves as that and teach it to the new minds coming up. So they're they're also not teaching how to.
0: So scientists should mate more generally <laughs> with each other. They should intermingle.
1: They should intermingle. Yeah, yeah. But it's the same issue. All so about sex. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> great reading between the lines. Uh, it's it's the same issue that you're saying with language and immersive experiences. It's that if you sit in a classroom and you talk about, like, here is the vocabulary for being at dinner and here is the vocabulary for being in a shop or whatever, right? You're not seeing all the contextual uses of maybe that sentence or that word or that sentence structure. in, in different contexts and so you can't really make a meaning you can't really see the whole picture of how it matters so
0: you're saying that the 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 actual okay I see what you're saying so but okay so that those are all the essentially the problems how do we move from that do you have any ideas of like how we can potentially move away from that less jargon I think more generalized language
1: I think posing actual problem like actual like real life, it kind of speaks to how um Elon teaches kids or his like uh rule about like teaching kids new things is just give them a problem in the tools and uh don't tell them how to use the tool, like show them why you why you need it. Um, I think that is a big thing.
0: So from a real world is problems shown, engineering kind of kind Yeah, of
1: being shown like real applications applications for a thing and not uh, necessarily coming at it with um, brand specific, already existing uh, uses. Like this is how you will use this knowledge, but by saying, this is a thing that matters slash, this is an issue that we can solve. And what are the things that we can use to get there because then you're going to look into like this facet and it connects to uh, a different discipline and like that discipline has a key that like yours doesn't and just it it's just a a wholesome issue because again nothing exists in isolation so you can't just use the specific jargon and knowledge that you have that's a really good point so i
0: i think you're right i think there's there's got to be but there's got to be a commitment from institutions yeah, to slowly change that I'm, kind of thing.
1: That's what I'm saying. It needs to be top-down, for sure.
0: So do you think... I'm sorry, I cut you off? Uh,
1: not really. That wasn't super important. Continue. Well, no, please. No, 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 but you're going...
0: Oh, well, I guess, I guess I'm saying is that, that that's, that's a really good point. I think that real-world applications of things and looking at problems and knowledge in general around real things in the world... Uh, and real applications in the world, um, is key to speak the more general language of functionality. And I think that even in domains like um, theoretical mathematics and theoretical physics, we're starting to see a world And well, maybe not in theoretical mathematics, because that's, you know, that, that goes pretty, pretty far. But at least in theoretical physics, we see more and more there are certain things that start meeting um, applications. So like things that before were completely theoretical, all of a sudden now they start to flirt with real, actual production of things. Like we have quantum computers is one example, um, but there are many, many others. And I think that ultimately, this is kind of brings us back full circle to whether or not the world is computation, I think that whatever the human mind comes up with Ultimately, maybe maybe in the very far future, who knows, but ultimately we're going to have to face and deal with the question, okay, but where did that come from?
1: Like, does it already exist and we're
0: just... Either it exists or is conjured from something in nature makes no difference to the point that that means that it is a part of the world in some form, which means...
1: I think everything is just... uh, the specific connections that are made and that I kind of again brings this full circle to that node idea that we were saying so if you're saying that information already exists and uh, for example things that humans figure out humans are just wired in a way that they can make those certain connections or like draw this line to this line when the lines are sorry the points already exist um, but you're just we were just making that connection that in the same way that we take raw materials and build like a rocket ship like I guess that's computation but the c- connections that you're making N- knowledge you're I guess uh, this
0: is the, this is David Deutsch's definition of of knowledge which is it's information that can do work
1: yes either but construct but something or make something do something but through specific connections so like but, but, no, it has tra- to be specific. Mm-hmm. The more
0: accurate the knowledge, yeah, yeah. the more specific it is, yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. But, like, as far as um, the the information already existing, I think that's totally the case.
0: Yeah. I think, well, this, actually, this is kind of a nice extra full circle for Christmas time, <laughs> that uh, the primary thing seems to be inter- interactions, relationships between things, because... You know if there's one object in 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 the, in the void by itself even if it's conscious it has no nothing to bump against so to speak or to interact with or to understand or to see uh and you know if if we're talking about something more complex then let's say a human all of a sudden appears in the middle of nowhere uh it's it's not like there's nothing that it's like to be in relation to anything else So it's kind of it's pointless but in that case, it's a little different because the human has certain attributes I just to, w- sure to, to, to which it can be relating to. But what?
1: It, so to, because this started with you talking about Joe Rogan, have you seen the one where... He hey, Joe.
0: <laughs> thanks for watching. <laughs> thanks for being our only... Where he's talking
1: about, uh, I guess it's like Trump's son's girlfriend. She's like making a speech, but it's during the pandemic. And so there's nobody in the room. So she's just yelling like this slogan into an empty room. There's this meme about like a beaver screaming on a mountain, and he just goes. Ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> nothing, so nothing. So nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Did the beaver even scream on the mountain? No.
0: no. And then a tree fell and squ- and completely squished it. Oh. Uh, yeah. And then it made a sound of a squish. Um, I think that this is a great way to end this uh, little experiment because we are exhausted. (laughs) But I think, it it, not even in just a poetic way, but this is true, this is um, relationships, interactions between things are the main thing, they're the the only thing that causes anything to happen. And that's true from atoms all the way to human beings. Mm -hmm. And notice that we always say like we're a social animal, we're a social animal. There's not one thing in the universe that is not a social animal. Yeah. Nothing exists by itself, by definition, and uh, really what the, the universe, the multiverse, whatever it is, it's, it's, a, it's a collection of interactions. The things by themselves don't mean anything until they bump into something else, and then the interactions between those two things defines a thing that happened, or a thing that advanced, or something that will cause another thing to happen. Uh, And I think keeping that in mind is really helpful, at least for me, to realize that in the times that, for us in our human world, things seem to be chaotic and crazy, like it was in this insane year that is about to pass, um, the one thing that remains always constant is that how we relate whatever is happening, or to other people, or to ourselves in that situation, is the only thing that determines what happens next. And I think, to me, that's a great takeaway from any situation. Not that it's that easy to implement all the time, but I think that's a great thing to carry with you because it allows uh, for certain things to be in perspective and not overblow certain things out of perspective. I think that knowing what things mean to you and why is an important practice in general, but especially when things become a little hard. I, I don't know when this became uh, like a lesson learned kind of podcast. I don't know why I assumed that th- that role, but I guess it, it, it just kind of came out. So I'll just go with that. Um, yeah, I mean, do, do you have I anything think, to add, um, babe?
1: No, I think everybody, well, hopefully everybody took, something valuable away from our quarantine this year the whole pandemic is that uh a lot of things that we uh concern ourselves with or um place at the highest level of importance actually doesn't cause things to move or matter as much as we think it does and like our relationships with uh you're saying like the reactivity of our environment, but also the people around us, whether it be, you know, like a stranger or like our closest loved ones, like that's the thing that actually matters. Yeah, it's been a year, but I think that's, there was like a purpose for it, a very intentional feeling. Huh. Like the world was like, hey guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a really good thought that this happened for us to realize some things about ourselves and uh, our interactions. And we did. And I think we're ready to embark on a new, wonderful, amazing year. And I can't help, but notice that it's about to become 42 minutes, which this podcast might run. I'm doing it very consciously at this point. I'm sorry. (laughs) I, I don't control myself, but at exactly 42 minutes for the obvious reasons, I have to hang up on you or whatever this is called when <laughs> podcast is over. On so... <laughs>